Welcome to A Strong Woman for Strong Women with Erica Cummings, financial advisor at RBC Wealth Management. In this podcast, we help busy, high-achieving women overcome the financial stresses that can impact your health, wealth, and happiness. Join Erica as she explores ways you can create a healthy balance of financial wellness and replace limiting beliefs and bad habits to harmonize your journey toward total emotional and financial wellness. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to part one of our two-part series, Making Real Change. Ah, the quest for self-improvement. Like clockwork, the end of another year signals an avalanche of shoulds, coulds, and desires for change. I've told myself many times, this year will be different. Then it happens. I'm working late. I forgot about dinner. I'm frazzled, frantic, and frustrated. And my resolutions are done. I'm sure many of you have felt the same way, and that's why I'm so excited to introduce my friend and guest, Marissa David. Marissa is a life and health coach, as well as a mental health counselor. Part of her work is helping people create real and meaningful change in their lives. And today, she is going to teach us how to turn our resolutions into real change. Marissa, thank you so much for being here. Before we get started, give us some background on yourself and your work. I have my master's in mental health counseling. So I have a background in counseling. Um, and eventually throughout my life, my own personal journey, um, I went through a lot of changes and health and life uh, shifts and transformation. And um, that brought me into the coaching world and personal development. And um, yeah, here I am today. I run my own private coaching practice. I work with smart individuals who are feeling stuck in their health habits and relationships. And I help them make massive transformation and feel engaged, inspired, and fulfilled. I love it, Marissa. You and I have worked together in the past, and I have to say it's been some of the most transformative work that I've ever had in my life. And so I'm so excited to have you here. And what's really awesome is when we work together and when you work with your clients, it's not about a quick fix. This is mm -hmm. about really making change and getting very, very focused on what needs to be shifted in order to not feel like this every single year. So, you know, why, why do you think this happens to us all the time? Cause the, the, I think they say some, somewhere around 80 to 90% of all resolutions are done by the end of January. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know, right. What's the, what's the secret sauce? What's the magic pill? And, yeah. and that's, that's the truth is we're all looking for that, that short term quick fix, right? We want to make a change and a shift and we want to just enjoy and have that pleasant, you know, uh, life that we're all looking for. Um, and I really do think, um, the, the, the biggest, the biggest block, the biggest hurdle from a majority of people is that we focus on the behaviors. We focus on the habits on what to do. I'm going to yep. start exercising. I'm going to start dieting. I'm going to do this differently. Right. And we have this really strong, amazing intentions around it. But then we, we don't have the right steps set up for us. We don't have the right um, process to be following, especially when it comes to our, our beliefs and our identity and, and shifting um, the deeper, the deeper things that yeah. are really what are going to um, 
either set us up, make us or break us. Yeah. We read so much about how it, you motivation is kind of overrated because it's really hard to motivate yourself to do something when you have a belief within you that doesn't align with that motivation. It's almost like you're getting up every single day and setting out for battle. And that's just, it's not a recipe for success. So what do, what do we do? Right. Yeah. It's so true. I mean, you think about the the common resolutions that you hear and you yeah. the, the things people want to change, you know, and um, it, 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 they lose motivation. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to have a dry January. I'm going to quit drinking for the month. Right. I can't tell you how many people, you know, I've heard say they want to do this. And then like, have, they're like, it's too hard. I can't do it. I'm not having fun. It's the worst. Right. Yep. Or I'm going to lose weight. And and then, you know, halfway through, sorry, I, I just, I deserve this. I want to have fun. I need to yes. enjoy myself, right? <laughs> yes. It's it's just continuous. It feels like continuous deprivation. And then the reward is the very thing that we've been depriving. And yeah. like you said, it's, it's because we're not changing kind of, you know, what's within. And what I like to talk about all the time in my practice is what we're trying to do is be present be present for the moments that matter. And if we're constantly stuck trying to go through this hamster wheel of change, we are not remotely present. So how do we, how do we change course? Mm, I love that being present for the moments that matter. Right. My gosh, it comes back to like mindfulness, right? And just like, this is our life. This is our one life. All we have is now, really. Yep. But we don't function like that. Typically, we're worried about what's coming up or, you know, sad about the past or ruminating. So um, love that. Love that you, you know, push that and, and carry that through. Yeah. What do we do? How do we get ourselves unstuck? How do we make real change? So um I don't know if you've heard of the the compound effect, Darren yes. Hardy. Oh, oh yes, love it, love it, love it. Amazing, amazing book. Um, but yeah, he um, he talks about the compound effect, and it's really this formula of small choices plus consistency plus time equals significant results. Right. Mm. So we know if we are if you know our goal is to lose weight, and I just use that because it's a very wonderful practical example. Very common uh, resolution. Right. And yeah. the small choices are those, the healthy, you know, meal choices and the exercise and then the consistency doing it daily, right? Regularly over a long period of time is going to give you the weight loss you're looking for, plus a whole bunch more, right? Yeah. So we know there's that formula when we're looking at, you know, habit change, when we're looking at what do we do? And the behaviors, the action that we're taking, that's the easiest way. And that's the most common way when we're looking at resolutions, well, what we're going to do differently. We can see ourselves. We, we know what we have to do. We're, we're really energized and we have these strong intentions to take action. And so we set up a plan for ourselves. We set up a goal. We're going to lose five pounds and, you know, quit smoking or whatever. So we have those behaviors set up in our head and we have a plan. And hopefully if we're really good, we already have, you know, some, some sort of a system set up for ourselves and some sort of a practical outline of how am I going to do this? When am I going to do this? Where am I going to do this? What support do I need? Right? So um, we put some, some more thought into it to support our environment for that. Um, but then again, when it comes to the belief and the identity, that's where we get trapped up. 
And when we can start to address those those pieces, those deeper, you know, the inner self-talk that we're having, and even not even so much the self-talk and the thoughts, but that subconscious come from yeah. of how we're functioning. When we can start to loosen the ties and address these parts of us, we're going to be able to create this catalyst that we haven't tapped into before, where we can follow through more and more effortlessly begin to learn how to enjoy and really start to em embrace and encompass this new identity, this new person and version of ourselves, right? I love it. So um, so I like to look at, you know, the three levels of change. We have behaviors, beliefs, and identity. So we know what the behaviors are. We know it's those things that we do, right? The, taking the walks, meal prepping, meal planning, you know, financial habits, right? Mm -hmm. Then the beliefs, these are, so the Oxford Dictionary says, um, a belief is an acceptance that a statement is true or that something exists. Trust, faith, or confidence in someone or something. So the belief is really just this, it's the acceptance that something's true for us. Does it mean it's true? No. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. But the beliefs basically create the thoughts in your head and it's your beliefs. Right. Yeah. So, but we have them, right? Yes. So for us, it is 100% true. We, we, have, we have believed it and we hold on to it and yep. maybe we've proven it in some way or we've just held it for so long. Um, and a lot of beliefs that we have are very helpful for us and powerful for us, right? Like we um, believe in, you know, love, right? We believe mm -hmm. in education, right? And a lot of the values that we hold are based on beliefs that we have, their significance in these things. Um, but also we can take on beliefs that are really not helpful to us. There was probably some positive intention along the way for why we brought that belief on. So if we have faulty beliefs around, oh, well, money's hard to get, right? Money's hard mm -hmm. to come by. Or, um, you know, when I, you know, put on 15 extra pounds, if I'm heavy, then I'm disgusting or my body is, you know, I shouldn't wear a bathing suit, right? These are beliefs that we have and we, we think that they're true, but really they're just, they're keeping us stuck. And they might've protected us. They might've protected our ego. They might've protected our, you know, our, um, our confidence in some way and kept us um, in a safe spot. But we know long-term they're holding us back. So that's where the beliefs lie. The great thing about the human brain is that we have this neuroplasticity. So we are able to make changes to the way our brain functions. We're able to also address old beliefs loosen the ties and start to introduce and practice new ones. And none of this is easy, but it's 100% possible and doable. Um, so that's where beliefs are. And they, they play a big part and a big role in really what we do every day and how we value things. The third area of change is identity. And this is really kind of a compound. It's it's like that subconscious area, right? Where beliefs, we know we can visit them. We can hear the thoughts in our mind. We have sensations that come up around them. Identity is really who we are 
based on the beliefs that we hold and the actions that we're taking. And it's, it's just this compilation of the person that we become just by being us and, and living out our lives. So um, per psychology today, um, identity encompasses the memories, experiences, relationships, and values that create one's self, sense of self. So it's the type of person that you believe you are based on accumulation of everything, all of your experiences. And I bet a and, lot, of, I'm sure a lot of it is probably subconscious. You don't even realize the person you, I talk about it a lot when, when we think about, um, you know, our money and kind of our money beliefs and what our money mindset is. And a lot of times in order to get to the type of money mindset that someone has, you have to really look back sometimes 30, 40 years to all of the conversation and all of the experiences and the the relationship that you've had with money and your finances. And all of that creates the identity that you have, which then obviously manifests itself into the beliefs and the behaviors. And I often think about I'm sure we've all read the book, The Tipping Point. We've, you know, read all of these books where there's that pivotal, it's almost like a second, literally a second, where somebody keeps going and somebody doesn't. And a lot of times it's that second. Now, none of us can ever pinpoint what it is, but it's that second that if we had just pushed a little bit further, that kind of hockey stick result could be there. And I think that's where most of us end up where we're, we've gone through January and time goes back. The, the reality is the excitement, the holidays, all of it's done. And now you got to do the hard stuff and it's the process. It's the belief in the process that I think a lot of us have a hard time with. I love that. First of all, it just reminds me of the tip of the iceberg, right? You have this yeah. visualization of you can see only what's on the top. Yep. You don't see what's accumulating on the bottom and all that's being built. Um, and and you're so right that it, it really comes down to the process. Um, but here's the thing. It doesn't have to be hard. And when you can, when you can address those beliefs and find and make the tweaks and um, kind of relearn some new ways of thinking, you can follow through with those behaviors in a very different way, in a way that is positive, that is rewarding, that feeds that habit loop in a, in a fueling way. It's going to build momentum and it's not going to make you feel like you're going to need to tap out at some point, right? Yeah. It's, it's not, hey, I'm going to start this exercise program and be done. You know, it, it's just going to be 21 days, right? It's just three weeks. Like yeah. That mentality is in itself setting us up for, well, I can only do this for a short period of time versus the mentality of saying, I'm going to build this routine of, you know, getting up early and taking a walk every day because it's good for me, not because I need to do it for 21 days and complete this program and be done, but that I'm creating a positive compound effect in my life. And um, again, that's, that's really where it comes back to working on those beliefs to help support you so that you can enjoy the process. It's going to be hard. There's going to be days you're going to not want to do it. Not Your emotions aren't going to necessarily line up with, you know, you wanting to take action. But when you have 
positive beliefs and you know, you know, the reasons behind it, you're going to follow through, you're going to stick to it more, you're going to have that um, inner motivation versus versus the external motive, right? Yeah. And, and, and just enjoy your life in the moment right now while you're doing it. I, I think that's the hard part is that it, it's, I think most of us, let's face it, we've been for any of us that have been on this earth long enough, we've had plenty of years to have plenty of resolutions. And I feel like, you know, there's always kind of this wave of different ways of doing it. And I, I remember when it was create a reward for yourself every week. And it just, it seems like it's always some type of an external motivation and an external reward. And yet that seems to constantly be one of the big reasons why things fail, because you can't, there's not going to be a giant cheeseburger at the end of your 21 day diet. That's just not how it works. Uh, uh, the idea of lessening the amount of alcohol that you drink is not that you're going to have a binge fest at the end. If you're trying to become more savvy with your finances, that doesn't mean you're going to go on a shopping spree at the end. And I think that's part of what you're saying is that you have to kind of believe in a whole different way of looking at all of these things. Mm. So how do we do, how do we do that? How do we start to kind of change the inward part of us so that it's not the external motivation that drives us when we just don't want to do what we should be doing that day? Oh my gosh. I love it. First of all, you just like touched on so many things. I'm like, yes. So (laughs) it's, it's so true. I mean, the evidence is out there. I was just reading a psychology today article talking about Uh, the effectiveness of internal motivation versus external. And if you have something that you're doing because it's externally motivated, because if you don't do it, you're going to feel shame or be embarrassed, or you feel like you have to because of external reasons, over time, you're not going to feel fulfilled and want to continue to drive towards that versus if it's coming from you, if it's aligned with your values, and it brings you fulfillment. So that's really the key right there. If you want to, and you can do these mind hacks with yourself, you know, um, you can have an external, you know, uh, goal set for yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's great. Um, Goals are great. They're wonderful. They give you a target to work toward. But then really dive into what drives me internally. What am I going to get excited about? How am I going to feel fulfilled? Um, A really nice way to do this is to notice and and even write down, bring to mind often the benefits of taking action in that way. So if you're looking at your habits, if you're looking at, you know, the exercise, for example, and doing it daily, what is this doing for me? After I exercise, how do I feel? What's my energy like? What's my mood like? What's my mental clarity? How am I doing? You know, um, you know, even if it's not weight loss, right? It, yeah. what, what, what benefits am I seeing from this? And then you bank that because when you get up the next morning and you know you don't want to get up, you don't want to get out of bed because it's right. cold, you have to do the thing. You have to get up and do it, right? But remember and remind yourself as you're getting up and doing it, what are the good things about this? What am I, why am I doing this? And what's driving me internally? What am I going to get out of this? Um, banking those and really tapping into them and revisiting them is going to help you when you're building that routine, right? Eventually you'll have a routine. You'll be set up and running and good to go. Um, but having that motivation uh, kind of on bank, right? To be yeah. able to pull from is a powerful tool for anybody with anything really. 
it's so helpful because I know for me, that first five minutes of exercise is the hardest. And I think for a lot of people listening, they can relate that the hardest part is the first five minutes or getting in the car and driving to the gym or putting the sneakers on. It's the, it's the actual emotion of moving in to that space. But then once you're there, I've told myself many times, just do 10 minutes. The next thing I know I've done 45 because mm-hmm. once you're in it, you're good. And then at the end, I'm like a different person. My whole day is different. My outlook is different. My headspace is different. And so I'm going to start to do that, writing that down so that the next morning when, again, I'm back in the, I don't want to do this, just having a note from me the day before to myself saying, you felt great after this. You had a whole different attitude about your stress that day. That's not somebody telling me you're going to feel good. That's me telling my future me the next day, this is how good you felt the last day. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's it's so good. And it's so true every single time, every yeah. single time you exercise, yeah. you feel better. No matter Nobody's what. ever regretted a workout. <laughs> Nobody's ever regretted it. Yeah. And it goes, it goes along with so many other things too, right? I mean, you think about yeah. like having the fear of checking the bank account, like yep. you look at it yeah, and nine times out of 10, at least there's the relief. Now, you yes. know, at least, you yes, know? exactly. It's such, a, it's such a different feeling when you go through and you put together a financial plan and you know what living in that fear of the unknown, it, it's, it's actually suffocating. Mm-hmm. And when you finally go through and you, you kind of unmask and you, and you open the curtains, I'm not saying it's easy, but at the end, it is so much less painful than the suffocation of not knowing. And so oh. every time it, you know, it's ready to do that again, whether it's annually or whatever it might be to write yourself a note saying you did this before you accomplished this. And this is how you felt after. I love it. Okay. What next? Mm. I love it. So um, you made a great point and it reminded me of James Clear. He wrote Atomic Habits, another great yes. book. Awesome book. Um, and he, he really pushes the idea to focus on just a two minute habit. So if it's, if it's, you know, putting your sneakers on and getting out the door to go for a walk, just focus on that. Don't focus on walking for half an hour. Mm-hmm. If, if that just feels like too much or if, if you don't think you might do that, but focusing on those little small needle movers and that'll build that momentum. Once you get into action, you will likely go and do more than you than you would otherwise. Yes. So um, focusing on just, you know, two minutes at a time. Um, you know, another, um, key sort of, you know, takeaway this is to put in your tool toolbox is running a self analysis, um, on your come from. So that really just means checking in with yourself and your mindset in the moment and saying, what's my attitude right now about doing this thing? Am I, am I getting up and I'm like, Oh, I hate exercise or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just, I don't want to do this or I'm only doing this because I want to see the scale move. Like, what is your attitude about that? Or are you, you know, really talking to yourself in a different way right now? Are you saying, Hey, I'm kind of a badass because I'm getting out there and I'm, I'm, you know, putting my sneakers on and doing this workout that I, haven't done in months, you know, look at me. And even though I, I didn't do that well, and I had to modify, I, I did it. And that's pretty great. Um, running a self-analysis and just checking in with your mindset and where you're at, you will start to know yourself more and you'll collect more information about your attitude and your come from the more, you know, the more you're aware, you build that awareness. That's your, that's, I mean, that's so that's powerful information for you. Um, and you can, from there start to tweak and, 
um, decide, you know, how can I be more positive? How can I be more, you know, fueling for myself mentally? Mm -hmm. I love it. And that to me, I think I, I recently spoke to a group of women and my portion was obviously about finances. And I just had the room be quiet for a second. And I just said the word money. And then I said, all of you had a visceral reaction to that word. What was the reaction in your body? Was it tension? Was it excitement? Was it indifferent? That it's the same thing. Like you're saying, if, if I think about the treadmill, what do I think about? If I think about my relationships, if I think, you think of all the things that we're struggling with, what's the first feeling that comes to mind? So doing that self-analysis is great. And then, and, and then shifting that. Okay. So what else can we work on? I love these. Yes. Um, okay. So we talked about noticing, right? Like doing the self-analysis, um, noticing, you know, what we're thinking and how we're feeling, but um, really noticing the impact of what you're doing on your identity. So we talked about our identity and what that means. It's really like who we see ourselves as, right? And it's an yeah. accumulation of everything that we're doing and, and how we're thinking and feeling and being. And as we start to take action in different ways, we are creating, continuing to create our identity. So it's always shifting. Um, and so if you are getting up and you're exercising or you're meal prepping and you're eating healthy and you're you know practicing healthy self discipline then you are creating an identity you know that you are an athlete that you are a health conscious you know um a self caring human being and so really spending time to revisit that and notice these behaviors and this way of being is really creating my identity and the person I am, that is going to continue to fuel you to continue to follow through in those ways, because that's the identity you're going after. Um, and so wherever you're at, whether you're on day one, or you're on day, you know, 365, you are always creating your identity. And um, just being conscious of that and, and seeing, you know, it's my actions are always impacting and affecting who, who I am. I love that because it's, it's that whole exercise of not saying I am going to, I am. So mm -hmm. it's not, I'm going to work out. It's, I am a person who works out. Mm -hmm. So that is an excellent segue, Marissa, into our next episode. So I just want to um, wrap up by saying thank you so, so much. What I love about this is this is the, all the framework for what we're going to be working on in the next episode. So everyone join us next time for part two of making real change. Marissa is going to help us create our aspirational avatar, the I am, our, our identity that we want to become. It's such an exciting way to visualize a different version of you. As always, you can reach me for more information at harmonyfinancialwellness.com. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you for listening to A Strong Woman for Strong Women with Erica Cummings. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest as of the date of this recording, is subject to change without notice, and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of RBC Wealth Management. 
The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or another qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Investment and insurance products offered through RBC Wealth Management are not insured by the FDIC or any other federal government agency, are not deposits or other obligations of or guaranteed by a bank or any bank affiliate, and are subject to investment risks, including possible loss of the principal amount invested. RBC Wealth Management is a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSE FINRA SIPC. RBC Wealth Management does not provide tax or legal advice. All decisions regarding the tax or legal implications of your investments should be made in connection with your independent tax or legal advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. It is not possible to invest directly in an index. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified professional service provider.